You know, people, we are absolutely what the Word of God says we are. And we have what the Word of God says we have. And we just have to renew our minds. We have to master the Word within our minds so that the Word will be the master of our minds and not the senses world that has conditioned us. In Ephesians chapter 1, because we're more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us, because we are more than conquerors, therefore every situation with which we as believers are confronted, we are already the victors over. And those men and women without Christ who think they have won, they really are the losers. There's this tremendous prayer in Ephesians, which says in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, this is the will of God. That our eyes, this is a prayer, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, lit up, that our understanding gets some brilliance, that you may know, not question, not doubt, not waver, but that you may know what is the hope, the return of Christ, hope of his calling, and that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the what? See that our understanding may become enlightened. That we may know, not question, not doubt, not let the census man or woman or the world talk us out of it. That we can get to the place that we just know our mind is enlightened. Not only the hope of his calling, but the riches. The riches. Not God's poverty, but the riches of his glory. Of the inheritance in his saints. And, verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness? This is that which exceeds greatness of his power to us, word, to us who do one thing, what? Believe. There it is. The exceeding greatness of his power to us, to us who like Stevie K saying, maybe we didn't have a dime. Maybe we were in rags. Maybe we were men and women full of fear and worry and anxiety. But we no longer live there. We live in the light of the new birth. 
knowing the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe God and his word according to the working of his mighty power. You see, my heart can hardly take it in. It is so big, so magnanimous, so entirely different than what the world tells me. So entirely different than what the culture tells me. One of the things that stops a man or a woman from really walking into the brilliance and the greatness of God's word is the continued sin consciousness. And this we have been conditioned to by our world and especially the religious societies who are constantly reminding us of our sins. Well, I do not believe any of us need much reminding. We are sufficiently cognizant of our past. We may never be able to forget, but we can sure close the door on it. We can begin to say that we are what the Word of God says we are. That we have what the Word of God says we have. And that we'll be what the Word of God says we'll be. Because if you never start confessing what the Word says, you're never going to reap it. You've got to start. And the Word of God declares that when we repented, which is to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus... Believing that God raised him from the dead, we were saved. And that he cast our sin from us as far as the east is from the west and as deep as the deepest sea, and he will remember it no more. It may perhaps never get out of your remembrance totally or out of mine, but it's out of God's remembrance And the sin consciousness with which the adversary and the community and the religious societies continue to indoctrinate us will just defeat the promises of God's word. What is the exceeding greatness of his power, of God's power to us, to us? Who believe? It is no longer a question of do I have faith? It is no longer a question of sin. It's a question simply, am I willing to apply the principles of the greatness of the revelation and to walk on what the word says? It is no longer a struggle for faith. Because when you're born again of God's Spirit, you have the faith of Jesus Christ. It's no longer a struggle to be good because he has made us perfect in him. Therefore, it's a matter of the declaration and the walking and the believing, sir, of the word.
It says in verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places or in the heavenlies. Far above, class not just above, but he set Jesus Christ far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to what? And put all things under his feet. Put all things under his feet. If God is in Christ and Christ is in you, like the word says he is when you got born again, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you. God in Christ in you. He has put all things under his feet. All things under his feet. Therefore, with Christ in you, every situation is under your feet. You are more than conquerors. You are super conquerors. Because he's put everything under your feet. Because everything is under Christ and Christ is in you. Oh, people, what a day, what a time, what a message for our day and our time in which we live. What an opportunity to bring people out of the cesspools of sin and iniquity from rags to riches to take them up and out where the adversary has just been beating them and drowning them. To bring them back to God and his word. Put all things under his feet. Now listen. And God gave him. God gave him Jesus Christ. To be the head over all things to the church. He's the head. He's the head of the body. Physically, here's my head. This is the head of my body. Spiritually, when you're born again of God's spirit, we're in a family. God's family, spiritually, and the head of that family is God, is, is Jesus Christ. He's the head. He's the head. In my physical body, I take orders from my what? That's right. 
In the spiritual body, we take orders from who? The head, Jesus Christ. He's the head. But look, people, how much is this little finger a part of my physical body? This little finger is as much a part of my physical body as the whole hand is. As my nose, my eyes, my ears, my legs. Christ is the head of the body. How much are we a part of that body? That head. Spiritually, the littlest finger in that body is as much a part of the body as the hand, the eye. When the head, when God raised him from the dead, when the head was exalted, we, his believers, are exalted with him. Because where the head is, the rest of your body is, right? Baby, you didn't walk in here with your toes and left your head out there. Huh? Boy. You see, we've never seen it spiritually. Physically, we understand it. But we've never seen it spiritually. That where the head is, the rest of the body is. The little finger, the index finger, the thumb, the hand, the heart, the, you know, the whole body. The whole body. There are two real difficult passages of Scripture. Well, there are a few others, but two of them that struck my mind, one from Romans and Corinthians, and I've been working this one because I want to teach it at PFAL 77 and take all the difficulty out and all the confusion and make it so simple because I finally found the text that I can substantiate the accuracy of it. You see... Wherever that body, wherever that head is, the rest of the body's there. So if Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and this is the body of believers, the head determines the action. So we go to God's word and find out what the head says. Then we just carry it out. You see, our minds become fruitful with the unveiling of the accuracy of God's word. We are his body. Read the rest of it, boy. Head over all things to the church, which is his what? Body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. The fullness of that which fills everybody in the body. Look, Don Werewill is no less a part of the Werewill body as Sarah or Karen or JP or Mary, Sarah. You see, they're part of the Werewill body, our family. Well, what about the body of Christ? We are his body. The youngest person in that body has as many rights as the oldest person in the body, in the family, right? Legally. The oldest son has no more rights than the youngest son or daughter in an earthly family, right? 
Likewise in the family of God. The one who's been there at the longest has no more rights than the one who just got born again. For the moment you got born, you're in the family. And spiritually, from that legal point of view, spiritually, you have as many rights as the oldest one in the family. The reason I thought of those scriptures from Romans and from Corinthians is because it talks about, you know, not causing the weaker person to perish because of your walking before God. You see, I always knew that I couldn't cause you to perish if you're born again, because that's an impossibility. Because if you're born in the werewolf family, you're a werewolf, whether you like it or whether you don't. When you're born in the family of God, you're a family of God person, whether I like it or whether I don't, so I couldn't help you to perish. See? So I knew that there had to be something because better than that, because here it says his body, the fullness of him who fills everybody all in all. I think it's in John 1. You don't have to, you can look it up if you want to, but I think it's in John 1, 16, where Jesus said, of God's fullness have we all received. Maybe we better look it up to see if I'm telling the truth. That's exactly what it says. John 1, 16, of his fullness have all we what? That's right. Of his fullness have all we received. His fullness. Grace upon grace. Grace for grace. Grace upon grace. We've received of his what? Fullness. You know in Colossians chapter 2. Look at verse 9. We've received of all of his fullness, for in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, the head God, bodily. There is only one head God. That's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The other God is the prince of this world, the God of this world, the adversary. Verse 10. And you are complete in what? Him. You are what? Complete in Him. Who is the head? He's the head. Over all principality and power. Just like Ephesians said. We are His body. What a revelation. We are as much, I guarantee you, the body of Christ as we are bodies in our earthly family. You have no doubt about the earthly family. Why should we ever doubt the heavenly family, so to speak? Is God not more powerful than my earthly father? My earthly father produced me and my mother produced me. Our Heavenly Father in His production 
certainly could not do less, ma'am, than my earthly father and mother. Boy, what a revelation to the heart of a man or woman when it dawns on you the realization that you are his body. Complete in him. Complete in whom also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of what? Christ. You see, we have what we have, people, because of Christ. You don't go around the country or the world and say, look at me. I don't run around and say, well, look at Dr. Weirwell, who he is. No. But I do trust that my life in some respects gets you to see the master. We don't go around and say, look at us. We say, look at him who is the head, Jesus Christ. And if you want to know about the head, you've got to go to the word and read it. You cannot go by what religious groups or peoples or communities or societies say about it. You've got to go by what the textbook says. Of his fullness have we all received and you're complete. You see, he is not only our fullness, people. We are his fullness. He is not only in us, people. We are where? That's what makes us more than conquerors. Sir, what a day to believe. When everything that has ever happened to us in which we've been surrounded with has all talked us out of this. Every situation, every environment has been contrary to what the word really says. Whoever told you in the world that you were more than a conqueror? Whoever told you that you are filled with the fullness of the power of God? Whoever in the world told you that you are no longer required to have sin consciousness, be defeated and full of worry, anxiety, and frustration? It's only God in his word through Christ Jesus who is the head who has said to us what this word says and declared to us that we are what that word of God says we are. <laughs> you know, in Second Corinthians, keep your finger in Colossians, I'm coming back. You just got to get your mind out of the war with the word. You got to declare peace. Second Corinthians chapter two. Verse 14. Now thanks be unto whom? God, who always, who what? Always causes us to triumph in Christ. No losers. No defeatists. 
He always causes us to triumph in Christ. And maketh manifest, makes known, visualizes, and makes you smell good, fragrance. Savior is the word fragrance of his knowledge by us in every what? Every place we go, we make known the knowledge of God and his word. And that's a fragrance. That's the sweet smell. Causes us to triumph, yes, and make it manifest, makes known the Savior, the fragrance of his knowledge, of God's knowledge, makes known that knowledge by us in every place. You see, when you got born again, your past stopped being. Over with. You start anew. I know this is a God-sized work. But he is God who created the heavens and the earth. He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 1. For this cause, verse 9, because of this, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, that ye might be filled with what? The knowledge, the knowledge of his will, that you might know the will of God in all wisdom and what? Spiritual understanding. In Ephesians, he said that the eyes of your what? Understanding. Here it is that you might get the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful, And the word fruitful is propagating yourself, propagating oneself in every good work and increasing to increase is to grow up in or by the knowledge of what? To grow up in knowledge that we're no longer stupid. We grew up in knowledge, knowledge of God's word, like you grow up in knowledge in mathematics if you want to teach it, or any other subject. If you want to be that fragrance, that sweet smell of God, you have to get the knowledge. The knowledge is God and his word. Verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his what? Glorious power. So my strength is not my strength, but it is his strength in me because I've been strengthened with all might according to his what? Power. Well, how weak is God? You see how far below par We've allowed ourselves to live. 
how we've just allowed the world to dictate to us what we should believe, how our friends, end of quote, have belittled the things of God and just drug us down with them. This is why, people, we have to be masters of the word. And we have to get our minds at peace with the word so that our minds are no longer warring against the word. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious what? This makes us more than conquerors. Unto all patience, long-suffering with Joyfulness. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us adequate. The word meet is adequate. He has made us what? Adequate. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what I feel like is irrelevant. My feeling had nothing to do with it. My believing does. So I believe and then get my feelings to track. He hath made us adequate. He hath made us. Well, people, if God made us adequate in Christ Jesus, then we're what? We've got to make the knowledge of this known so there's a sweet fragrance among the people again. He has made us adequate to be partakers of the inheritance. One translator translates it to enjoy our share of the inheritance. He has made us able to enjoy our share of the inheritance. A little baby born into a family where it would inherit a $100,000 could not enjoy it because it has not yet reached the stage of the knowledge that's required to enjoy it. You can be a child in the family of God, born again of God's Spirit, be in that family for 40 years and never grow up. Because you haven't increased in the knowledge And therefore, you can never enjoy your share of the inheritance. You never brought up to claim it. If you were left $10,000 in a bank as an inheritance, and they wrote to you a note saying you have this inheritance in this bank, but you never go in to claim it, The inheritance legally is yours, but you will never be the recipient of it because you fail to do one thing. What? Claiming. Well, what about God, sir? 
he not only has given us an inheritance, but he's made it, made us adequate that we can be partakers or that we can enjoy our share of the inheritance. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's enjoy it. Let's walk up to the cashier window of God's bank and just cash in on it. Receive that which legally is ours, spiritually is made available through Christ Jesus. And then let's enjoy that walk of deliverance, that walk of the beauty of the divine presence of God, to make known the knowledge to others. Verse 13, who hath delivered us, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated this word in the Sanskrit is much more accurate. Given us citizenship. He has given us citizenship. In the kingdom of his dear son. Boy, oh boy. Look at verse 28. Colossians 1, 28. Whom we preach. Warning every man and teaching every man in all what? That we may present every man perfect in Christ. The new birth is the perfection spiritually. But the knowledge of the word, the mastering of the word in our walk and in our life is the presentation in the perfect walk. Whereunto Paul says, I also labor. And this word labor means work hard till you're tired. Striving according to his working, which worketh in me, what? Mightily. God's working in Christ in you mightily. I've told the core and I've supposed publicly many times too. God will never give his word to a lazy person. He'll never give it to a haughty person either. But here he's talking about the lazy person. Whereunto I labor, striving. You know, if you're playing in a great athletic event, and you're a good athlete, and you're playing in the NCAA finals, I want to tell you, you put forth every ounce of strength you have. Well, what about walking for God and his word, people? We witness. We talk about WOWs eight hours a day. So what? You got 16 more. That's only one third of our life. You see, you got to get to that place where you just Quit warring with the word and just master the word and start believing it, walking on it. Because he worketh in me mightily. God's at work within us to willing to do his good pleasure. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath what? 
with all spiritual blessings. He hath blessed us, past tense. If you're blessed, you don't have to pray about it. You can thank God for it, but you don't have to pray for it. Because if you're blessed, you're what? If you aren't blessed, then you better pray for it or something. But look what he says. He has blessed us. He has blessed us with every what? In the heavenlies in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him. That's why I had him sing one of those great songs tonight. Called. He chose us. He called us. Before the foundation of the world. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. If the president of the United States called you tonight. And asked you to be the ambassador to Timbuktu in the back alley of nowhere, you blow the buttons off of your bra. <laughs> That'll cool you. Why well, to do something to get you a little alive? Ma'am, if they, if somebody called and asked us to do, we, we'd just be so proud. But God in Christ Jesus call us before the foundation of the world and you think you're here by accident tonight? You think you're listening to my teaching? Because either you're stupid or I'm stupid? You're crazier than nutty nut on the walnut tree. <laughs> With holes in it. Wormy. Boy, oh boy. You are here by divine providence. You've got a job to do. And baby, if you don't do it, God will hold you accountable for it in the future. For every man, every woman will have to give an account of himself. He called us before the foundation of the world. And nobody gets excited about it. Ma'am, just think for a moment. If there is a God, if there is. And if he is the creator of the heavens and the earth, set the stars in there. If he is that one living in us by the new birth, and he called us before the foundations of the world. Man, we ought to blow all our spiritual buttons and say, yes, sir, here I stand. God help me, I can't do otherwise. I wouldn't do otherwise if I could, darn it. Because I have God as my father. He called me before the foundation. I am not only an ambassador. I'm a son of God. With power. Boy. You know what he chose us? That we should just be condemned. Weaklings. Ignorant. Unworthy. Un no. That we should be holy, holy, and without blame before him in what? And that's in Christ. You see, in Christ Jesus, we are overcomers. In Christ Jesus, we are masters. Put all things under his feet, and he is in us. It is with him we reign, not with the adversary. <laughs> Boy. You see, all of this riches from Christ Jesus does not require faith. It requires believing to enjoy. You don't have to have more faith. You don't have to have more of this. You just have to believe it. 
to enjoy it. And the only way you can really glorify him is by taking your place in Christ and declaring it. It would be no glory to me as an earthly father if Donnie or any of our children said, well, Daddy, I think you're a nincompoop. I think you're awful. I'm really sorry you're my daddy. Because there are a lot of other daddies out there got a lot more influence, money, prestige, power than you have. You know how they'd make me feel? Well, I wouldn't buy him an ice cream cone that day, I guarantee. <laughs> we glorify God by taking our place in him and declaring it. That's how I believe my heavenly father is the greatest ever. I believe he is what the word of God says he is. He's not only my Jehovah, but he's my Elohim. He is not only my Savior, but he's my Redeemer. He's my Sanctifier. He's everything. Because in myself, I am nothing until he made me something. But baby, when he made me something, I am what that something is. We are what that word of God says we are. We have what that word of God. We just have to master the word and let the word have mastery in our lives. And not be world conditioned, but word conditioned. Not circumstance conditioned or senses man conditioned or flesh conditioned, but word conditioned. Colossians chapter two. <laughs> you just have to bring yourself to the place that you think in terms of all your enemies being under your feet. All of them. Verse 6 says, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together. I'm in Ephesians, am I not? Did I say Colossians? Well, I meant Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 6. And hath raised us up together. Talking about Christ. Raised us up together and made us sit together. He made us sit. If you don't like it, he still made you. <laughs> he made us to sit. And the word sit implies to be at rest. He made us to sit. He put us at rest. Men, it's no longer us stewing and fretting about tomorrow today. For he is our sufficiency. He has supplied all of our need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. He has set us at his own right hand. That puts us at rest. It's no longer a matter of worry or fear or frustration or anxiety. We are at rest. Seated us. Made us to sit. To gather in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. He made us to sit. Put us at rest. People, it's no longer God being mad at you. It's no longer God sitting in heaven with a ball bat. Beating over the head every time you have a negative thought. No. God put us at rest. No worry. No fear. No anxiety. No frustration. 
made us to sit together. Boy, that certainly is an expression of the greatness of God's love and of his grace. It's an unfathomable expression as far as I'm concerned. I don't understand it, but I sure believe it. I don't understand electricity either, but I believe in it. That's right. He raised us up and made us to sit with him. That's why we're more than conquerors. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow in heaven above, earth beneath, and the waters where? (laughs) So people, we just got to stop trying. They come and say, well, I'll try God's word out. Stop trying. Start practicing believing. You don't have to try. It's all over with. That in the ages to come, he might exhibit. The word show is exhibit. He wants an exhibit. 3,000 posters. The exhibit of the exceeding greatness, exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. In or through Christ Jesus. That's the exhibit. You and I are to be that exhibit. I think we ought to take pl- take our place in the lineup. That's right. In God's lineup, just take our place and stand and get counted. And exactly declare what that word declares. Just mastering the word to the end that we live it. To the end that this word is our food. It is our meat. It is our day-by-day talk. It's our walk. It's our declaration. It's just not mine, people. It is just not mine because I'm a preacher or I'm a teacher or something. It's as much yours as it is mine because we belong to the same family. Same God. Same Savior. And my declaration must also be yours if we have the same Father. Spiritually. And the youngest child in the family has as many spiritual privileges legally as the oldest. And ladies and gentlemen, it's not so much depend on how much knowledge, but that the knowledge you have is accurate and that you're believing what you got. Then you keep growing. We're not saved, as you well know, because we confess our sin. We're saved because we confess the Savior from sin, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has put us into his family. And if there's ever been a time in your life when you need to walk, it begins tonight. Because you're never going to be the same man or woman after you leave here tonight. Because you're always going to be confronted sooner or later with this word that I've taught to you. And you're either going to make up your mind to declare what that word says and stand on it. Or your life is going to be engrossingly defeated. And you're going to be less and less and less. The only men and women that ever rise up to more and more are those who dare to believe his word, confess it, and walk on it. 
I believe that this can be the greatest week in the life of every person here and all of our people throughout the United States and world. And I believe that the next few weeks can be for many of our people not only a great knowledge of the learning of God's word all over where your classes are running, but a walking on it, a holding forth of it, a declaration of it. And I just want God's best for God's people to be made manifest. And at that end, I'm going to try to do what in my mind seems humanly impossible. And that is to go back to PFAL 77 and try to teach power for abundant living. But the word is still the will of God. And I want that word to live. Father, thank you for the privilege of opening my heart to your people tonight. And Father, you understand our hearts far better than we do. You know what's in every man or woman. Lord, you know the tremendous joy that's here tonight. You know the tremendous blessing in the heart of every man and woman here because of the greatness of this word. And therefore, I thank you tonight. For making this the beginning of a fantastic week of the outreach of your word. And I thank you for making your people the most blessed and delightful people walking upon the face of the earth through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.